Well, hello, and welcome to Listen with Cheryl McKay. I was in Victoria recently to record a few conversations for the podcast, and I stopped by the Art Gallery of Greater Victoria to talk to artist Sandu Singh. He has a show on there of his works until the 27th of May. Sandu is a watercolor artist and award-winning watercolor painter. His works are vivid and energetic. They're landscapes, cityscapes, abstracts. I first met Sandu a number of years ago when one of his early paintings won the Sydney Fine Art Show. And I've followed his career with interest ever since. We've had a number of opportunities to talk about the work, and I was delighted to have another one of those opportunities when I dropped by the art gallery to tour this new show. Well, Sandu, I'll start by saying how great it is to see you again. I think it's been, what, five years, five maybe? Five years, something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, it's been, yeah, it's good, yeah. It's nice to see you, too, yeah. Before you got here, I was wandering around and just and looking at all the, the paintings and just marveling at the variety, the, the places that you take us, from cityscapes to countryside to the Himalayas to waterfalls. I mean, and then there's some really interesting pieces here, work of yours that I've never that I've never seen before. And we're standing in front of two of these, which are quite abstract. Can you talk a little bit, Sandu, about, about these pieces? I can't always paint one subject. I get bored. And I also feel that my memories are always changing and moving. And there has been some really tough times in the last five years and um, where I couldn't paint the pretty pictures. Mm. And there was these emotions in my gut and the screaming to come out. And so I would just put a you know, sheet of paper on an easel and just take a brush and whatever color, I, mud, I call it, I could, you know, get and I'll just throw it on a paper. And there was no uh, planning of what's going to come out of it. It was just me just jab the brush with the anger on a paper and just scrabble. The speed of these brush strokes are so fast, you can see it. And so I kept these pieces and I never wanted to show it to anybody. But every time I do a show, I bring just one. Because I think people need to understand that there's not always a pretty pictures. It's not always a happiness. It's not always the, there's a deeper, darker emotion. But we tend to avoid it. But if I can embrace it, I think it, it puts you in a path of healing. Hmm. I was struck by what you said there too about making like an ugly color in a way, making yes. mud, that that was part of that whole expression. Yes, it's, it's, um, I have a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the, the, that's why art is a bit of a therapy for that reason, because it allows you to express your emotions. Every time I paint, my brain wanders off somewhere, right? It catches something and, you know, and brings it back. Um, and I'm able to look at it in a constructive manner without blaming good, bad, or ugly. And I think that's something new that I learned that, you know, it's not always good, bad, or ugly. It just is. You mean the painting or the emotion? Emotions and the painting. Okay. Not everything is out there for sale. Not every emotion is bad. It just is. You know, you just do it, you know, and just don't worry about it kind of thing. So, yeah, and then I put a bit of red in it because I think it always has that hope. So I paint the, you know, whatever mud I can paint, and then I put the red streaks 
right at the end. Um, just because when I finish the mud, I always feel kind of a bit relieved. And then the red comes in. So it's like, and then the red comes in or, or turquoise or something. And just enough to catch your eye and just enough to, for me to say, hey, I see something here. Well, like this one, which is called Hang On, which, which almost looks like a, a profile, almost looks like a bust. Yeah. And then, like you say, the, the, the movement with that mud and then yeah. the red coming in. It, it's quite, it's moving and it's beautiful too. Yeah, it's all very, you know, the whole thing is to try to keep my brush stroke as minimum in these things and not try to be careful. You know, it's almost like, you know, lots of paint on my brushes, you know, mixed with water and I throw a towel down, you know, on the floor and I just go. Huh. Yeah, and I have a buckets of water. I'm pre-prepared. I hate going to the bathroom every, you know, <laughs> little bit, you know. So I just, I, I'm just prepared and I sit and I have my music going and kids know, oh, oh, dad is in a zone and I shut the door. <laughs> yeah. Stay and away. And then, they, then they're not allowed to come down <laughs> and see dad in that shape. So when I paint, you know, it gives me a little break from my thoughts. Ah. I have just enough um, pause that I can think about something because my brain just, you know, um, I've been diagnosed with uh, complex post uh, traumatic stress disorder so it's it, it's uh, slowing down and I mean for a long time I was quiet about it but I think I've, I have no reason to be quiet because a lot of people can benefit for what I do and uh, so become part of my processing tool um, people used to say oh go sit down meditate I can't no and so so this slows me down and it become a passion for me because um, the healing took place and no longer the, the memories will haunt me right. and I'm able to look at it. Um, and, you know, I look, you know, I sit in front, you know, in, in my table on my desk and I look at the, out through the window and I always find I'll catch something and I'll run with it. My conversation with artist Sandu Singh, and we recorded it in a very busy art gallery of Greater Victoria. I always enjoy looking at the, the notes, the autobiographical notes, and as you mentioned, memory is triggered, something clicks and, and off you go to a place. And we just can just step over here, I guess. So these are street scenes. Yeah. Uh, this is Douglas Street here, a beautiful, rainy-looking Douglas Street in Victoria. Yeah, when I first came to Canada, I had to. There was a shopper's drug mart, and I used to stand there, wait for a bus to go to different places. And Cross Market is no longer written there on Douglas Street. So, in in a way, I still try to capture my old. Uh, what I remember 30 years ago, what it was like. So I go there and I still, there's a part of Victoria left and I just want to capture that mm. because it's changing very fast. And people sometimes say, well, archival thing, you know, I just create, I mean, if you look behind uh, Value Village, there used to be a docks and they're not there anymore, they're condos. But I, I create some of those paintings where I still remember those, you know, I was fascinated by the buoys and whatnot and those big ships. So I still try to create that, and I love it. <laughs> you mentioned in this one that crosswalks were a bit confusing when you arrived. Oh, yeah, I was, oh, it was people were just showing me, you know, so 
calling names and whatnot because I didn't know. And I didn't couldn't understand either what they were saying. But signs were there when they have hand gestures, you know, and whatnot. And I right. got it. It was a hard thing, you know. So I'll watch other people. When they walked, I walked. Otherwise, I wouldn't walk at all. And people, and then the cars will be confused. How come this guy is not walking? I, I, I don't like public embarrassment. Big no-no for me. Because I had so much of it. Oh, as a <laughs> child? Know. As a child, until I was 20, you know, you just, you, you go through life tiptoeing. And it comes a point, you know, you can no longer tiptoe. So I, I no longer I can tiptoe, so I am now. Yeah. yeah. How old were you when you moved to Canada? I was just about to turn 21. Never worked. New to Canada. Didn't know anything. I made it. And what, what brought you here specifically? No, that's a long story. <laughs> that's a, I met a woman who brought me here, right. and I met her in India. And I came here, and then, you know, things are not going to work out. Just because, you know, somebody coming right off the, you know, third world country, you come here, never seen a vacuum cleaner, never seen, uh, you know, like why people are raking their leaves and all of that, and I arrived in December. So it was stressful for her. Yeah. And we tried to make it work. She's still my friend, she moved to England, but I was very fortunate to come straight to Victoria. And it's been 32 years. Huh. And I can't remember, Sandu, were you painting before, before you came? Oh, I never painted. No, no. no. I like drawing maps and, you know, the organisms and biology organisms like amoebas and whatnot. And that was my expertise because I will help other people in the exams to draw those things and I pass it along. <laughs> I never painted. My dad used to do some doodling if I can remember. And when I came here, I could still kind of do abstract things, but I always wanted to paint figures. So I, earlier on, I started back in 93, 94, but um, it didn't work out because either you make money or you pursue hobbies. And I, you know, I had to have enough money to pay my rent and all of that. So, you know, it just, when I settled down a little bit, kids came and they wanted to do arts. So that's how I got into it. So, all right, let's go. And the rest is history. I mean, they still, I mean, before I brought all these paintings here, I had to ask my kids, which one shall I take? They are the the honest opinion. And they want the best for me. And they will, you know, they will challenge me. You know, they made me see the world differently. Hmm. And and I'm able to see the world through their eyes, which I never had a chance to do before. Yeah, yeah. their experience yeah. growing up, so yeah. different from so your own. So different, yeah. so everything is different. I have to raise them differently. I have to get some outside help to understand the Canadian way of doing things and how to honor my own culture, um, how to mix it, and raise them as a good people. You know, not necessarily certain type of religion or anything. You know, just, just be good people, mm-hmm. you know, basic, basic things. I remember the first time I met you, it was at the Sydney Fine Art Show, and I think it was pretty early on, and you won one of the prizes. And I can just remember what that meant, I guess, how surprised and Mm -hmm. and happy you were. I'm just thinking, what a a development since then. I mean, the painting has just blossomed. I think you become more brave, you take more risk. Just like as you age, you, you care less about certain things. 
And I think this show gave me that, that validation, which I always saw through outside. And this time it was there and I felt I am. And, and that's a huge new feeling. Very hard to explain, but you know, when I was, you know, on the opening night here on the 20th of April, there were 200 people. And there were people who gave me my first job, to people who gave me a mattress to sleep. There were people who bought my first painting. And I wanted to thank them and I wanted to acknowledge them. And I felt that it was a collective success. Mm. It just wasn't me, you know, bragging or anything. And, um, and it felt really just right that these people were part of my life, even though I haven't seen them for 20 years or something. They, you know, right. they wondered about me, I wondered about them, and they were always part of my you know, story, my journey. So I think um, the whole piece about... Um, growing and taking more risk mm. become a bit of a theme. And I, I didn't paint all the time in the last little while. No? No, there was a three months I wouldn't paint, four months I wouldn't paint. Gosh. Yeah, I, I just wasn't in a right state of mind to be able to paint, you know, after my divorce and everything. It just, it just become harder because other things took priority, you know, looking after kids' priority, you know, you know, driving them, you know. Some days I wasn't even able to change my clothes, you know. They just go, 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 one drop here, one take it to basketball, one soccer. I mean, these kids, I don't understand the educational system in the high school. I didn't go to high school here. So it was too hard. Was it a relief then to get back to, to painting? Um, it came harder. Yeah. It became harder. You know, the more you do, the better you are. And then you're more in touch with your intuition. Oh, this doesn't need to go there. Oh, this brush stroke needs to go there. And if you don't do it for a long time, you start to second guess. Uh-huh. Or, or your painting becomes very tight. And I don't want a realism. I don't want a, I want an abstract. I want people to go into a painting, look at it, and everybody has their own meaning. When you look at some of these paintings, they look different from the distance. As you get closer, you see something different. Now, often people say, well, this doesn't look like a tree from the close-up. <laughs> and, and I go, yeah, you know, it's a shape. Everything is a, it's a, it's illusion. Life is a big illusion. But everybody tried to find a meaning through these things. Uh, some people like cityscape. Some people like, you know, my India one. Some people like colors. And I like different things. I just never want to be known as somebody who just painted one kind when you mentioned abstract, actually, can we just go in the other room? When you mentioned things looking different up close than from a distance, it just made me think of this painting in here, which is a whole series of figures, and it's we are all flawed. But from a distance, like you say, I see all these figures, and up close, everything kind of becomes, yes, more abstract. These dozens of beautifully colored figures on this canvas. So I'm a bit of a people watcher and my kid says to me dad you're staring and I said no I'm I am studying them and they said no dad you're staring it's it's not good (laughs) but I guess I'm staring there because I watch how what's happening but and then I work with these you know in the hospital with so many different people and everyone has something good and then they struggle with something you know we like something about these people and then we don't like something about these people you start to see, you know, we're all flawed. We're all trying our best. And I just capture it one day. And I painted this series a few times now. Yeah. Um, 
but always did a small, never been to this big scale. But I really enjoyed doing it because everybody has an emotion. Every individual on this planet wants the same thing. They don't want any pain. They want to be happy. And I'm no different. And uh, so, so that was the you know theme. So I painted this thing, and I, every individual, you know, like this lady, I say, oh, you know, she's going for a walk, and this wonder, this person is going for work, and maybe he's poor because you know the way he looks a little run down. This person has a child. With yeah. Him. So that's uh, you know that's the kind of a theme here. I love the movement in these figures too. It is. It is. I think you mentioned dance somewhere, and it is like a dance too. It is because if I don't have, if if it doesn't have a movement. It's dull. It doesn't translate into anything. It just is. But if there's because we're all constantly moving, we're all constantly dancing throughout the day, throughout the minutes, seconds, and and I enjoy that about people. Yeah, I like this painting. It's satisfying to to do this. It's wonderful to look at too. I love paintings where and so many of your paintings have these details, like the one right next to it here, this uh, the flower counting flowers in Victoria against this beautiful stone-looking wall. The light, the color, the flowers. This is something I guess one day that just caught your eye, was it? Yeah, um, I used to go inside this counting. Well, the building itself is a brick building, and Pagliacci's is next door here. Oh. And I always walk, and there's always this nice smell come out of this thing. So I used to just go in there to smell the flowers, you know. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't afford to buy it back then, and I, I just wanted to smell the flowers. And to this day, I like the brick buildings, because that's what I grew up with. One day I was there, and I said, I gotta paint this. And I've been thinking <laughs> about this, so I just, uh, I had a bit of an idea what I was gonna paint. So that, that's where it come from, uh, around the pumpkin time, you know, the Halloween time. And this, I mean, I used to work near Gladstone, and there's an old restaurant called Soho Village Bistro. It was there a long time ago. I got my job there as a dishwasher. And, uh, and so I used to hang out across the street, this Fernwood and Gladstone, all the time. <laughs> and jump across the Belfry Theater and smoke cigarettes. So this is a really familiar view for oh, yeah. you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Belfry. <laughs> I, can, I can paint that in my sleep. But I had some good memories of that place, yeah. I, I started as a dishwasher there, and I was a head cook. Huh. And I learned everything. The chef who was training me, he would say to me, go get basil. I had no idea what basil looked like. I had no idea what celery looked like. But I didn't want to lose my, this new job. So I mean, we had a janitor, and I'd say, hey, come here. Show me what this is. And he would show me what the basil and celery looked like. So I'd just come up. And, and the chef will be really happy that this guy is learning really fast. But the fact was, I was just getting, you know, I was just street smart and I was just wheeling, dealing. Yeah, I had out to figure there. out how yeah. to get by, right? Yeah. How to, how to make it happen, yeah. You mentioned in some of these, in one of these paintings I was looking at in the note, you mentioned probably if you had it to do over again, architecture would have been the yes. path that you would have taken. Yeah. yeah. Why? I always liked buildings, uh, structures. When I was growing up, you know, we lived in a very modern city. But I wanted to go to a foreign country. That was my dream since I was six. I'll sit on the rooftops and watch these planes take off and come down. And my dad was in the Indian Air Force. 
So all these planes will go up, come down, and I always wonder where are they going, where are these people going, and how come they are allowed to go and I'm not? Mm. And when I thought about the foreign country, I always thought about New York, London, the tall buildings. I, you know, I could get Newsweek or Time magazine and, and, and old, old, you know, magazines, and I was fascinated by the tall buildings. And as I start to grow older and I traveled a little bit and I come across this English architect, you know, up in the mountains because there are a lot of private schools there. And again, the wood structure, they fascinated me. And to this day, when I stand in front of a Vancouver tall building, it just feels like I'm powerless. That I'm in somebody's lap, you know, this giant building and I'm just nobody standing there. Um, Man, it's, it's, it's an amazing feeling. I had a chance to go to New York. I didn't want to leave <laughs> because... Uh, you were surrounded, right? Oh, I was surrounded. And I could just sit and stare. You know, I was in Italy, the same thing. You know, I just stayed in one place. And I would just look at the cement and the bricks that's been there for a long time. Even in New York, you know, some of those old Chelsea and all that area, they haven't even you know, paved the roads for a long time. And that's just beautiful. And here, I mean, you know, uh, they're... Um, I love Square Mall because they have a really old building. Right. So one of the goal is one day is to go stand in front of these buildings and paint, but I just still don't have time. The kids are still growing. Right. <laughs> a few more years yet. A few more right? years, yeah. And you're speaking of traveling, and there's some images here from the Himalayas as well. So I grew up in a place called Chandigarh. It's a hot place. It's in a part of the plains, the big Indo-Gangetic plains. And the temperature will go to 45 degrees Celsius. And some, in the summertime, we won't have a running water. We don't want to have electricity because it either gets rationed or it gets interrupted. And then to, to escape the heat, I would run into mountains. Huh. And they were just close by. From my house, I can see the mountains. They were the 2,000 meters above sea level. So it's really, you know, big. But it takes me... You know, half an hour to get there. We had no driver's license and nothing. We just get hop onto some scooter or something, a motorcycle, and go there. And the cool breeze was the kind of a relief. And I, to this day, I don't like heat. I'm a cooler person. I'm thrilled when the fall is here, winter is here. Summertime, I feel everybody's obligated to do something. <laughs> And yes. Everybody has to run around. They have to go for holidays. Be yeah, be outside. Oh, we gotta get this, this, this. Yeah. yeah. So. And that just made me think of this beautiful picture here with the. This is a color I don't see too much in your work. This pink, pink cherry blossoms. Yeah. They're so gorgeous. And I don't know. I mean, I really don't have a pink, you know, color in my in my you know collection. <laughs> I went and bought one, and uh, and I. And my kids really liked it. Dad, he said, this is something really different and we really love it. And the day we were hanging on the 18th, there was somebody walked in here and they said, we want to buy this painting. And it was gone before the show was over. Oh, yeah. This pink looks like a party, Sandy. It is a party. You've got to have some pink once in a while in our life other than all the dark colors. <laughs> Do you have anything on the easel right now? One, and it's a Beacon Hill cricket clubhouse. I played cricket there for since 95, 96. I think it's uh, very dear to every cricket player in Victoria. It's been here for, I don't know, for how long. Cricket has been played in this city since 1898. So 
so I wanted to paint that so I started and uh, I haven't had a chance to finish it because again so much distraction right but that's that's the next that's that's the next step do you have in your mind a kind of a, a lineup of paintings that are, are waiting for you? No? no, no, I'm very spontaneous. I see something and I sit down. So I try to be a little bit more productive in the last six months. So I try to get up early and just even do 10 minutes of something. I feel I've, I've done something. Okay, right. If, if you procrastinate, I find I never get out of that procrastination and it just gets worse <laughs> and then I get self-critical and then I'm and then just unhappy right. and then I'm back in the same old rut. <laughs> so yeah, every day, just something. Just something, even to, you know, go down and sharpen all my pencils or something, at least right. I've done something. Sandhu, what, what's it like to be here again, to be here, like you mentioned, it was such a fabulous opening night and, and as we stand here, people are passing through and enjoying your work. So when I was a kid, there was a gallery in my city and I used to go there and on this gallery, there was um, dinosaurs and I was fascinated by these giant posters and, you know, and it was really a rundown gallery if I look back now. The city was built by Lee Carbousier, a famous French, arch- uh, Swiss architect, I believe. And he had a lot of sculptures all around. So I used to walk there. Um, but when I came here on the 18th to hang all these paintings, I mean, these are 51 paintings, I went back to the gallery in my head. And I thought, in my wildest dreams, I would never have guessed that I will be hanging my own work in a very important landmark gallery in Victoria. And I think that was a significant realization at that point that uh, this is important journey in my life at this stage and there's something better is going to come out of it. Maybe more self-awareness, more reflect, you know, reflective things and maybe new, new things, new art, some, some stories, I have no idea. It's on the edge of something. It's on the edge. Yeah. It's really on the edge. Maybe maybe I'll write a memoir. I don't know. I mean, you know, this lot went down in you know in my life, and it's like living so many lives in one lifetime. And my kids always say, "Dad, you gotta tell these stories." Sandu, it is so good to have a chance to talk to you again. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I'm glad we had a chance to talk again, and thank you for interviewing. Yes. And that's my conversation with artist Sandu Singh. His show is on at the Art Gallery of Greater Victoria until the 27th of May. And you can check out his work anytime on his website, sandusingh.com. I'll put a link for that on my webpage, which you can find at cherylmckay.com. And if you go there, subscribe to the newsletter. You'll get a link to all kinds of things that are in any of the podcasts. And you'll know when the next podcast comes out. Thank you so much for listening. Bye for now.